All right, dog. Count us in whenever you're ready. All right. Three, two, one. Hey, hey, it's Thursday, friends, and Thursday can mean only one thing. It's time. It's time. It's time for a new Cal Park Bros podcast featuring the bros, Jason and Terrence from Cal Park. Here to talk about the topics of the day, whether it be politics, sports, news, entertainment, you name it, they'll talk about it. Now, let's sit back and listen to the best podcast in the world, the Cal Park Bros Podcast. And if you're watching on YouTube, they're probably both wearing red t-shirts. All right, guys, let's get it rolling. Podcast time. To the Cal Park Bros podcast. I'm your host, Terrence, and with me is my co host, Jason, calling in from the Bat Cave in Indianapolis. Jason, how are you, my good man? Hey, man, it's Tuesday. It's, it's record date time. I, I can't complain. I got, we got some good topics to talk about this week. Not that we didn't have them last week, but I feel pretty pretty good about these three topics. People are going to like it, so I'm excited to get it, get it done. I was off work last week, so I'm feeling pretty good from that, too. So, all good, man. Ready to go. Muscled up. No, no, no HGH, but still all me fired up. Well, whether it was uh, Hall of Fame Barry Bonds before the the Roids or after the Roids Barry Bonds, either way, you are bringing it. So we appreciate it, man. Thank you for listening. This is episode fifteen of the Cal Park Bros podcast. Cal Park Bros is a weekly podcast for fans of culture, current events, sports, and entertainment. And as always, we are your hosts, Terrence and Jason, and every single Thursday, we release a brand new episode where we discuss the current events of the day, sports, and the athletes we love. And even some of the athletes we loathe. No matter the topic, you can expect a brutally honest and fun exchange of snark while learning through the lens of our 30 years of friendship that originated in Calumet Park, Illinois. For more Cal Park Bros content, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Under the handle Cal Park Bros or Cal Park Bros Podcast for more behind the scenes content for the Cal Park Bros Show and to engage with us every single day. 
Also, the Cal Park Bros podcast is available to listen and subscribe for free wherever you listen to podcasts. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you? Folks, you know what it is. Best line. There you go. I know you just I know you just finished it all in your head, folks. So I don't even have to say it. You know what, you know what, you know what the deal is. I like the little ad lib we did last episode where we said in podcast history, and then I chimed in, yeah, at least our podcast history. <laughs> hey, that's all that matters right now, bro. So right. But as usual, content wise, we are bringing home the gold uh for the people at home. The Olympics kicked off. We have some Olympic observations to share. We actually want to give you guys a little bit of inside baseball. We're going to do a two-parter for Olymp- for the Olympic Games. Part one this week is going to be Olympic observations for the Games um, in Tokyo that are going on right now. And part two is going to be next week, which will be some of our favorite uh, Olympians of all time. So we that's going to be a lot of fun because, one, the Olympics will still be going on. Uh, and two, uh, we fans of the podcast and uh, fans of the Olympics can regale about Olympic uh, athletes um, from the past that we've also enjoyed. So I'm really looking forward to this first segment. Um, Jason, I know you want to talk about the medal count so far. Uh, how are we looking on that? How's the United States looking right now? Let me hit refresh just to make sure I get the updated stats here. All right. So as of right now, the the country quote-unquote, winning the Olympics, if there really is, is a winner, technically is the team that actually has the most gold medals as opposed to the overall medals. So as of right now, the home country, Japan, has the most gold medals with 10, and the United States and China are, are tied for second in that regard with nine. Now, the USA does have the most overall golds or overall medals with 25, and we're kind of sort of getting close to running away with that. China has the second most with 21, but after that, the next closest is uh, Japan and uh, the Russian team, we'll say, with it's 18. The rock. Yeah, it's exactly, the rock. exactly, the rock, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, so so we're not winning the uh, Olympics, quote-unquote, right now because we're a little behind in goals, but like you said, the Olympics are still going on next week, so we got plenty of time to take over that category, but we're doing pretty well right now on overall medals, so it's doing pretty good. Yeah, the Russians have their own Olympic committee. The 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 Russians deciding, hey, we're just going to have our own federation, which literally sounds like a WWE created mantra. It really does. Uh, or it sounds like a spinoff of the David of Dave Chappelle show, where the uh, racial draft and apparently the Russians drafted Myth Bleak, Beanie Siegel, the Rock. So. so Hopefully we got we got some decent Russians in that trade because uh, we're giving up a lot, man. You know, I want my Rockefeller chain. <laughs> it's in the mail, right? Um, but yeah, thanks for the, the for the recap of medals. I know that's going to be an a ongoing dashboard of content as the games continue in Tokyo. But what we also want to talk about is, oh boy, the men's basketball, and we got to be clear. It's not just USA basketball. The women are doing fine, by the way. But the men's basketball in Tokyo, they're getting their ass kicked right now, okay? So far, they've lost two exhibitions, uh, and they've lost one um, uh, one round uh, of the games that actually count. Uh, and more importantly, it's not that they've lost. I don't think that we should be holding the USA men's basketball t- team to this 
absurd standard of 1992 where we had the Dream Team. I do think that how they lost is pretty bad. So um, I maintain that they've kind of just threw some stuff at a wall. That we, didn't, we really don't have a team that looks really cohesive right now. It screams 2004 in Athens where that team got bronze and they were literally embarrassed out there. Um, what, what have you, have you checked out any of these games, Jason, so far? Um, as far as seeing like the actual game live or the highlights, I have not. Um, yeah, not has been another issue. People will say they have actually be able to watch games and stuff like that. Not just basketball, but stuff overall. But, um, I have, of course, you know, seen stat lines, commentary from the games, people, the players comments re- regarding everything, uh, not just the USA team's comments, but also other players as well. Uh, particularly, I'll say Evan Fournier, who plays for the French team, who also is an NBA player himself, NBA All-Star, if that means anything to anybody. Um, again, and the USA team lost to France, which is the one game that they lost you know, beyond the exhibition stage, that basically he was saying that they have a, a team full of great individual players, as far as actual real team, we're better than they are. Which obviously no one can really argue with that right now because they just they just you know just beat the USA team. And I, I just just now I pulled up the roster for this US men's Olympic team. And as I'm look as I'm looking <laughs> looking at this team, no disrespect to any of them, they're all well, they're mostly great players. But you mentioned the dream team in 92, and I agree with you. You Comparing teams to the 92 team probably isn't fair to any players on there. There might be some exceptions, but this team definitely is not that. But as I'm looking at the players here, we are some good players for today's NBA. But in comparison to the dream team, again, just for notation's sake, I'm only seeing, at least currently, only one perhaps all-time great player on this team. That's Kevin Durant. Everybody else is like, okay, they may turn out to be an all-time great, but as of right now, it's too early to say. I think that's kind of the main difference is because you go to some of these other NBA, excuse me, other Olympic teams, they also have NBA-type players, but they also have great players on their teams that even though they didn't make it to the NBA, they're still great players in their own home countries. So, and also mention the fact that those guys have been playing probably as a team together for a long period of time where these guys have not, you know? So, so in that regard, Fournier is probably correct when it comes to the other countries may have better teams than we do, despite us having better individual players. Because obviously we have the best players in the world, you know. But if you can't play as a team, it may not matter. I mean, the team may still be able to win medals. I mean, the, it was only, it was only, they only lost the first game. I believe they played tomorrow against Iran or something like that. Um, no disrespect to Iran, but they probably should win that game. I don't think they have any NBA players. Um, but again, like I just said, it may not matter. So, um, but that's what my thinking is as of right now. After losing the one game that counts, you know, the exhibitions are what they are. But yeah, man, I just think this roster just isn't really. It doesn't frighten anybody other than Durant. I, if I was another player, I wouldn't be scared of anybody other than Durant. It's not like you have Jordan or or a Magic such as it is, or other or these other all time NBA greats that are. Pretty much mostly all Hall of Famers now. 
So other than maybe two guys on his team, I, I don't see anybody that's going to be projected to be a Hall of Famer yet as of right now. But that's my thoughts. You play two guys. Who's the second guy? Damian Lillard. I can see him at his current projection. I can see him getting the Hall of Fame status. He's been a league. Hang on, hang on. He's been in the league long enough to where okay, oh, I have enough evidence to show if he keeps that trajectory where he's going, he's probably gonna be a Hall of Famer. All these other guys are good players like Tatum, Booker, Levine. I I'm not ready to say that they're gonna be Hall of Famers yet. They haven't done enough to prove it to say okay, what where's your trajectory? Who? Draymond Green. <laughs> uh, folks, when you when you watch this on YouTube, you know next week you'll see the face I made as why Terrence just laughed at that. You know what? See the the, the way the Hall of Fame is now, the Pro Basketball Hall of Fame. It wouldn't shock me if Draymond got in there just because they let just about anybody in these days, and because he has three rings now, and he's going to get some type of stats. He'll probably get in, but let's be honest here. No offense to Draymond, Draymond Green. He's a better basketball player than me, but that shouldn't be the the measuring stick for anybody getting the Hall of Fame being better than me at basketball. I mean, so. I'm a better basketball player than you are, Jason. Crickets, yeah. <laughs> All jokes aside, I think Draymond actually is going to be a Hall of Famer based off, number one, his resume with Golden State. And not just the fact that he has been part of one of the greatest teams of all time, but also um, his defensive prowess. You know, there is somewhat of a bias against certain players because they don't have the sort of offensive uh, bona fides um, like certain other players that may have played for the Pacers. Um, But what I will say is that whatever my personal feelings towards Draymond, whether or not he's a dirty player or not, he is like certifiably, he's going to get into the hall. He may not be a first ballot dude, but he's going to get in. Now, if we're going to talk about some of these other guys, like uh, Bam Adebayo, you know, his ascension really happened uh, with the Miami Heat two years ago in the bubble. Um, And yeah, honestly, too much has happened since 1992. We're never going to be in a place where the dream team is literally beating the hell out of teams by 60, 70 points like they did in Angola in 92. Those days are over. That is simply the price of how successful that the dream team was because that led to the expansion of the game. That is part of the allure and the charm of the 92 dream team in Barcelona is that they were global icons. Like as big as we thought that Jordan and the rest of that squad were, they changed the world for good. Like the international game, love it, hate it, whatever. It is here today because of what the dream team did. So I don't think we're ever going to have a team that, that scares international level teams again for number one because of the dream team and their proliferation of basketball i mean look at some of these other squads man some of these squads have two or three guys in the league 
And yeah, some of these guys may not have been able to get on an NBA roster. They probably would give, you know, the 12th man on those squads, the Blues. They are really, really good. There's a lot of really, really good international players we never heard of before, both present and past. They, they lace them up the same way. Not to mention two things that are worth noting. FIBA rules are a little different. You got a different basketball. You also, you got different rules. You can literally swat a ball off the rim. Can't do that shit in the league. Now, does that mean that we going to be cool if the United States men's team don't, don't bring home the gold? Oh, yeah, y'all going to get fried. Sorry, y'all going to get fried. If those are the rules, if it's your country's sport, if you invented the damn thing, you're getting, and you don't do well in it, you're getting fried. When Canada doesn't do well in hockey in the Winter Olympics, they ask, get fried. I don't make the rules. I just enforce them. So, yeah, it's another thing. I don't want to make this literally the men's basketball disappointments segment. Agreed. We'll talk about it. There have been a lot of surprises of the Tokyo games as well. Um, both in terms of surprise victories, defeats, and also some surprise uh, happenings. And we got updated news just today. Um, what was going on? I, I believe the Olympic handball team, they were dealing with some sort of issue with the fine because they're outfits. Did I hear that right? Yeah. So essentially what they did, uh, apparently the required rules for women's handball is like a bikini bottom for whatever reason. And they decided that, no, we're not doing that. We're going to basically wear like some type of shorts, something like that. And because of that, because they broke, you know, rules, they got fined. And, and then in combination with that, the German women's German uh, gymnastics team, instead of wearing the normal kind of swimsuit type outfits that the, you know, women's would normally wear, they decided they were going to wear full body leotards. And they actually came out and said it. Uh, Let me find the article for that. They actually came out and said it, that the reason why they're doing that is because they are trying to fight the over-sexualization that we have when it comes to women's sports and when it comes to the difference between what the men have to wear versus what the women have to wear. Because if you look at the men's outfits that they get to wear, definitely they're not required to wear Speedos or bikini bottoms. It's normal, you know, well, I shouldn't say normal, but basically it's not anything sexualized like it is with the women. Um, so, yeah, so there was definitely that. Um, that got some attention, of course, posted on social media, as it, as it should. Because definitely that is something to look at. Because um, I, I think back to at least gymnastics when it comes to when I was a little younger and people were talking about, you know, the female Olympians, which kind of creeps you out if you think about it, because they're all, not all of them, at least the Americans are pretty young, but some of the other countries had people that are older. But a lot of the, I remember a lot of men talking about how good these women looked in their, you know, Olympic outfits, you know, stuff like that. So then it's like, okay. So it makes makes me think when I saw that, it's like, I understand it. I get it. Um, But yeah, yeah, so hopefully maybe... 
I'm not sure if this is the Olympic Committee rules, the IOC, which it probably is, or maybe, or is it the handball organization? Hopefully, they take a look at that and realize that hey, they can play this sport well at an Olympic level while having to wear bikini bottoms. They're, I mean, they're wearing basically like the speedo kind of shorts or whatnot, like somebody might wear it to a beach or like biker shorts kind of in a way. I'm sure they played just fine wearing those. So, but yeah, you definitely saw that correctly. Yeah. I'm looking at this now on cbsnews.com. Yes. The disciplinary committee of the European Handball Federation fined the Norway team um, 1,500 euros or 150 euros per player last Monday for improper clothing after they wore shorts in their loss to Spain at the European Beach Handball Championship. And then Pink, who many of us know as the very talented singer, um, Pink, um, she effectively intervenes on their behalf and say, hey, I got this fine. Don't y'all worry about it. I love Pink, dude. She, I mean, I, her music's good, but I like the fact that she, at least outwardly, embodies a strong woman when it comes to trying to build women's empowerment to stuff like that and not putting up with BS. And you know it may not be a lot of money. Still, the fact that she's willing to do that for them, you know, the women that uh, representing another country, that didn't matter. She stepped up and wanted to do that. I think that was pretty awesome. But um, looking at this article about the German team, I don't see anything about them facing fines per se. But basically, they were just making a statement. Saying, hey, you know what? And this is per an article CNN. Germany's gymnasts wear body covering unitards, rejecting sexualization of their sport. So I don't think anybody can argue with that. Because if you're watching the German team, and I caught a couple highlights, you know, and not that I was doing it with the Americans, but you clearly are just more focused on what they're doing on the uh, on the mats and stuff like that. You're not looking at anything else. Yeah. Yeah, and especially with the fallout from the Larry Nasser, um, I, 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 I don't even know what to call it because it is so big and also so heinous and so many women were affected. I'm sorry, so many girls were affected by this fucking child molester because that's what he is. and. The fact that Simone Biles was willing to honor uh, the country, but also I've also heard that a big uh, chunk of the reason why she wanted to come back because she knows that every time she on camera, she putting pressure on U.S. gymnastics saying, literally holding up a mirror to U.S. gymnastics saying, this is on you. This happened on your watch and you have not done right by those little girls who are scarred forever because of it. A lot of people let that shit go down. So the fact that you have women effectively saying we're tired of the over-sexualization is coming from a place well-founded. I mean, I get it. 
really, oh. we should all get it. Oh, for sure. I don't think there's anybody that can't. Um, just some other, some other quick stuff to going on in the Olympics so far. Uh, you mentioned Simone Biles. I think by now everybody knows that she exited uh, the team final. Um, originally reported as her being injured, uh, physically injured at least, uh, which kind of unfortunately led to the team winning silver, not the gold in the team final. But it was released recently that she, according to her, remarks on stressful Olympics after early exit. She says she has no injury. Uh, so that just kind of got released here a few hours ago. Uh, also, some other stuff related to you know the U.S. Unfortunately, the softball team who was hoping to win gold, unfortunately they lo- they lost the gold medal game to Japan, so they finished with the silver. Um, Naomi Osaka, who lit the Olympic torch to start the uh, opening ceremonies, was pretty cool. But unfortunately, she was also eliminated in the, in the third round. Now, granted, she competes for Japan, but still, she's obviously a big name here in the states. Um, one other cool thing I, I thought, a couple of cool things, that the Philippines, the country of the Philippines, won their first ever Olympic gold in women's weightlifting. So that was pretty cool. You know, lady got pretty emotional with that, as, as she would. I would I would too if I won my country's first ever gold medal. So uh, also, this is the first year of the Olympics for rock climbing and skateboarding. Yes, folks, I said rock climbing and skateboarding in the Olympics. But in the Women's Olympics, Three teenagers won the silver or gold, silver, and bronze, age 13, 13, and 16. Uh, by comparison, the three guys that won the men's medals in skateboarding were all in their 20s, still young. But yeah, but three teenagers won gold, silver, and bronze. I think we you talked about this in the meeting yesterday that how amazing it was to think about these young teenagers, you know, in middle school, basically, going to another country. Yeah, well, actually, two of those are people were from Japan that won the women's goals, but all the other teenagers in these Olympics going to another country trying to win a gold medal in middle school. All in all, there were there's been nine teenagers so far in this year's Olympics to win medals. Nine. So I can't imagine. I'm trying to think back to when I was 12 years old. There was no way being in the Olympics at that age was on my mind. So that's got to be something pretty cool for those teenagers to represent your country in the Olympics. And if you win a gold medal, how cool is that? There was a, a swimmer from Alaska. They were showing, while her race was running, they were showing like the live feeds from her hometown where people had gathered. They were going nuts. And then when she won the gold, they're just, you know, turn up and everything like that. So that's some of the cool stuff with the Olympics. And like Terrence said, we're going to talk about this next week when it comes to our favorite Olympians of all time. I definitely have one answer that we might have in common when it comes to that. And then perhaps a week after that, it might give us some up with the Olympics once they're all over. Hopefully after we won the most medals, most golds, but we shall see. Right on. Well, this has been a wonderful Olympic observations part one. Stay tuned next week for part two, where we talk about some of our favorite Olympians. Uh, but for now, we're going to talk about something that is going to also probably have a very long tail of content, which is, of course, NFL teams that are going to be likely to forfeit games. Um, if for some odd reason there is a COVID outbreak. Coming up next on Cal Park Bros. I wonder why. <laughs> why why did it go off the rails, Terrence? You're doing it again. Because somebody wanted to quote some BS stats that meant nothing. I'm going to call you out on it every time. So that's why we were talking over each other in that one segment. 
Keep that in mind, sir. Bro, bro, I'm going to exfoliate daily. Welcome back to Cal Park Bros. Jason and I are fresh off regaling the high notes and the low notes of the start of the Olympics in Tokyo. Segment two, we're going to talk about the National Football League and COVID protocols. Uh, now that some of these teams are going to have a mixed bag of vaccinated players and vaccinated coaches and staff and not vaccinated coaches and vaccinated, um, not vaccinated uh, players. So Jason and I were talking yesterday about a article in CNN where we basically lays out how this is going to look according to um, the CNN article. If a national football league cannot be rescheduled, and is canceled due to a COVID-19 outbreak among unvaccinated players, that team will have to forfeit and will be credited with a loss, the NFL said in a league-wide memo obtained by CNN. The new rule makes being unvaccinated a competitive disadvantage this year, all part of the league's push to get players and staff inoculated ahead of the coming season. The NFL has said that any team that vaccinates 85% of its players and staff can relax their safety protocols and has applied looser rules to vaccinated players. If a game cannot be rescheduled within the current 18-week schedule and is canceled due to a COVID outbreak among non-vaccinated players on one of the competing teams, the club with the outbreak will forfeit the contest and will be deemed to have played 16 games for purposes of draft, waiver priority, etc., For purposes of playoff seeding, the forfeiting team will be credited with a loss and the other team will be credited with a win. NFL memos sent Thursday states. Oh, it gets better, Jason. In addition, if a game is postponed and cannot be rescheduled, players from both teams would not receive their scheduled salary. The memo states the team with the outbreak will be responsible for any additional expenses incurred by the opposing team. This is also in response to the fact that at least two coaches are currently no not able to actually be with the team um, that they were uh, coaching with um, due to these COVID protocols. So, Jason, what are your thoughts on this so far? Well, um, first of all, I think we all have to understand that definitely the NFL is going to step up its game when it comes to their COVID protocols. And they definitely, for at least for training camp in the preseason, they definitely have updated the protocols to make a big difference in what fully vaxxed players can do and limitations that the non-fully vaxxed players can do. We'll go into that maybe a little bit later. But when it comes to them setting the stage to say, hey, when the season starts, if you – like last year, we, there were a few games that had to get rescheduled, so forth and so forth, and it became kind of a hassle to get the games in, to spread them out between 
their last game and give them the time between the game after that, so forth and so forth. But in that same memo, basically the NFL told his teams that we have no plans on having a 19th week of the season. It's pretty much we're going to play all 200-something of our games in the 18 weeks. And if we had to cancel a game because of COVID or because of somebody who was unvaxxed, because of, you know, because of a COVID outbreak or whatever, we're not making that up outside of the 18 weeks. If you can't make it up, there's your loss. Boom. Like I said, not only are the teams going to lose finance money from not playing those games, they're going to have to fork out money to the other team for, for that team to have to lose games. So they're doubling down. It's like, okay, this is what we're going to do and to make it more of an incentive for you to make sure you're doing what you're doing. Here's another little thing we're going to throw at you. Losing money two ways. So I think in a way that's good. Um, definitely they're being serious about it, and hopefully that will encourage some of the players to also be serious about it. Uh, now, of course, we know that, you know, you mentioned the two coaches who were let go. We're not going to say fired. We can say parted ways, you know. But we know, you know, you know those two coaches were let go because they weren't vaccinated. And they, and they said they're not going to. But we also know there's going to be players who are dead set against it as well. That stands to reason, and that's fine. That's their choice. Is what it is. I know Cole Beasley was one uh, last month who was really big about that, not getting vaccinated and stuff like that. Um, so, just like I said before, in our, in our own vax situations, you got to make a decision for yourself whether you're going to get vaccinated or not. If not, these are the pro protocols you got to follow. If you don't, it's probably going to cause an issue with your team. In addition to that, if you bring COVID into our locker room, cause them not break to miss games, now that's going to cause division against the teammates because now, now you're causing us games because you chose not to get vaxxed and now you brought an outbreak into us. Now, they gonna, now how are they going to figure out who brought what into where? I'm sure they have their methods to figure that out. But that's probably going to cause some division amongst the players when it comes to, and it probably already has, when it comes to the vax versus un, unvaxed, which is kind of that war I mentioned before in one of our previous episodes when it comes to that division between the vax and un unvaxed when it comes to just the general population. Um, overall, I think it's a good measure by the NFL. I am very curious to for game for week one to see what happens going forward. I, I hate to say this, but I'm kind of hoping we get to see what happens. I'm kind of hoping, you know, not to the not to the point of, of somebody dying, but I'm almost kind of hoping that we see what happens if somebody unvaxxed brings in an outbreak and has has to miss a game. I, I want to see. Yeah, I'm with Umar Johnson. I'm like, I beg your pardon. Yeah, I mean, again, I'll see. I hope it doesn't happen, but the little the little devil on my shoulder is kind of saying, I, ho I hope it happens because I, I want to see the chaos that comes along with it. Because I'm not necessarily for week one because I feel like they can find a way to reschedule that game somewhere in the in the time. What's going to happen if this outbreak, outbreak happens in week 17, week 18, when you have no time to make up? So, and that, and that, and that can cause some of their playoff chances right there because for the game and the loss in that critical last week season, uh, last week of the season, you, as we all know, in this current NFL, that last game can be important for you. So, um, so yeah, it, it's, I'm, it's going to be very interesting to see how this turns out if in case, if in the case it happens where we're, Somebody forfeits a game because of an unvaxxed player bringing in COVID into their locker room. But that's just my thought. What do you think? Well, one, I think in a weird way with these, with these rather creative mechanisms to effectively 
mitigate the spread of of COVID in a weird way. They basically trying to say, hey, man, how bad y'all want to win? Um, and given some of the crazy ass stuff that players are expected to take in, in the name of winning painkillers and the such, um, you know, the jab doesn't seem too far of a stone's throw away to me. Um, but really, especially I remember last year when Baltimore, Baltimore's uh, strength uh, conditioning coach um, was co- was effectively, you know, contact traced out as the patient zero. They say, yeah, man, you the reason all this COVID, COVID in here. And turns out Baltimore had at least four different strains of COVID-19 in their facility. But three of them had not spread. And it was the fourth one that the strengthening and conditioning coach brought in. So that is why you're seeing this push from the league to say, hey, man, we know there's going to be a new flavor of this shit coming down through not just facilities, the rest of the populace, you know, a lot of these places are going to have, you know, full stadiums. So they're doing what they can, not only to ensure that the business of football continues on, but also that, you know, we're still trying to get a handle on this virus. So in a weird way, (laughs) the national football league is better at trying to sell the vaccine than Fauci is. You know, I do want to talk about the protocol modifications that were made back in mid-June when it comes to vaxxed and unvaxxed players in the NFL. And by the way, this is an article I found from an article I found on NFL.com, by the way. And they do state that, again, back in mid-June, these protocols are only for right now for training camp in the preseason. I'm sure they'll use these for the regular season as well, but I think they're kind of limiting it that way to leave the door open again for them to change it again. But, but let me kind of go over some of this real quick. So kind of the first line is that fully vaxxed players don't have to do any daily testing. That's not required, but not vaxxed has to test every day. Makes sense. Uh, masking is not required at the club facility or during team travel for those that are vaxxed, but those that aren't vaxxed has to mask all the time during travel or at the club facility. No distancing required for vaxxed. The non-vaxxed have to distance, which I, this one in particular, I'm very curious about how and if the teams are actually going to enforce this. But no quarantine required after a COVID, after a high-risk exposure for those that are vaxxed. Obviously the opposite for those that are unvaxxed. Uh, travel restrictions have to be followed by those not vaxxed. Uh, let's see. fifteen player, A 15-player limit in the weight room when it comes to those who aren't vaxxed. So, so I wonder how that's going to work out because there's no capacity limits for those who are unvaxxed, but they, are they all going to be in there together? Those 15 unvaxxed can be in there with all, everybody who is vaxxed, separate, meet, separate times. How, how's that going to work? I don't know. Uh, those who are not vaxxed cannot eat in the cafeteria. They have to be physically different distance in the meal rooms, may not eat with teammates, have to staff must do grab and go meals, nothing in the cafeteria. So they're really segregating these people in, in that regard. Um, 
Those are unvaxxed cannot do any social media marketing or sponsorship activities in regards to with the team. They cannot use the, the steam room or sauna. And they cannot leave the team hotel to eat in restaurants. They may not interact with anyone outside of the team traveling party during team travel. Some of this stuff makes this total sense. The one about masking, though, when it comes to the vax not having to wear masks, I wonder if, the, wonder if they'll change that since the CDC is now supposedly going to announce, if they haven't done it yet today, that those who are vaxxed need to mask up again. But some of this stuff makes sense. But I'm also wondering, how are they going to enforce some of this stuff? The same way uh, the the uh, country expected us to enforce of wearing masks in retail stores. Like, imagine imagine some 350-pound lineman with no mask. Are, are, are you really going to try and engage with that person? This person that can literally snap you in fucking half? Well, see, well, that's, well, well, hang on now, because I hear you, but it seems like the people that, that would be enforcing this stuff, though, would be team representatives it wouldn't be like a hotel employee it'll be somebody from the team because somebody from the hotel is not going to give it not going to care i mean they might care no they're not a person might make a business decision i mean we've seen so much craziness in the last 15 months where people literally are saying my body my choice but i'm totally gonna have this trader joe's all covety because i don't want to wear a mask um, and you've had retail employees basically said, okay, this is bullshit. I got to say something. I got to do something. Um, all jokes aside. Now, the NFL, and effectively, it sounds like the 32 owners have effectively go- gone ahead with this, is that they're saying, man, look, don't fuck up your game check. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like they are in a weird way taking all these precautions because they don't want anything to stop the money. I mean, the national football league is a $4 billion industry and counting. Hell, I got to figure out what I'm doing with my fantasy league now. So the fact that they put in mechanisms for forfeits just says that, Hey, we have a con- we have a business continuity plan, and even if you are a complete idiot and a super spreader, you will pay the most price out of all. If the moron happens to be on your team, guess what? It's no different than that person uh, getting a 15-yard penalty in a clutch situation in Week 17. That's what it sounds like. I agree with you wholeheartedly. A lot of those protocols make a lot of sense. Hell, we might be adopting some of those soon with this Delta variant coming up. So, yeah, I mean, and you, I get that, but I mean, every NFL team what consists of what? As far as the actual team, like as far as the active players, like fifty-two people. Is that what it is? Around there, yeah. Not to mention the practice, yeah, and then the practice squads, which may not do any traveling, they're still involved in some of this stuff here. And then the coaches, you know, so, and you know, on every team, every single team probably has at least one, two or three dudes that are against all this stuff and will do what they can not to follow, 
maybe not all this stuff, but there's something on here they're not going to agree with or want to do, and they're, and they're going to try to get around it. So I, I guess what I'm saying is, who's going to be that person on the team, not necessarily the players, but in the franchise, in the facility, that's going to be monitoring this stuff to make sure everybody's doing what they're supposed to do, in addition to keeping track of who's vaccinated and who isn't. Because, I, I mean, I, I know just from my job what they're doing to make sure, you know, everybody's staying safe or whatnot. But we don't have a, an entire league of protocols coming out that kind of segregate everybody, you know, which this clearly is, which isn't a bad thing. But like I said, there's going to be players on every team that are going to buck the system and not want to do all this stuff. Who's going to be that person monitoring all this stuff to make sure every single player, obviously you can't control what they do outside of this stuff here, the team-related stuff. But even within the team-related stuff, who's monitoring the, the activities to make sure everybody does that? And, it, and, and is that guy monitoring, is he going to be lenient with anybody to say, oh, okay, only 15 guys are allowed in the weight room, but you're number 16, but I'll let you go ahead and go in anyway. So who's monitoring that guy, you know? So, and, and again, I'm not trying to sound complaining or anything like that, but I just kind of wonder, just knowing how people are when it comes to following COVID protocols outside of the NFL players, just in general, I'm just wondering, hey, you know, because like I, when I go to the gym, I'm pretty much one of two people who are still wearing the masks. And I know all the people in that gym ain't vaccinated, so so there's no way. And right. I went out, and this, this past week, I went out in public, indoor places, you know, and not everybody's wearing masks there. And I know all those people aren't vaccinated. So, so again, people are going to look to buck the system just because they don't want to do something, whether it's wearing masks, staying out of the weight room, or avoiding the rest of the team in the, in the cafeteria, stuff like that. So, I so and then we may find this out once a team gets busted for all this stuff and has to lose a game about who did what, when, and where. You know, it's it's going to come out eventually. Maybe maybe not during the season, but at some point in regards to who doesn't give a you know what and who does. So, um, yeah. So there's that, and I I also find it interesting that, and I know why because there's a financial difference. Is that Two coaches were let go because they well, yeah, exactly. Two coaches were let go because they didn't didn't want to get a vax. But yet, there's nothing for nothing that are repurposed. What? I mean, I'm looking at the Washington Post right now. Uh, Rick Dennison, this is the Vikings' offensive line coach. Right. They put him in a new role. I mean, which is you're saying let go. What's the new role? He's still an assistant coach. They did, uh, they named him a senior offensive advisor, which sounds just like another fancy ass way of saying he helping dog. Let go from his position. Is he still getting a check? I don't know. Is he ask him? I, I'm not. I'm not his wife. I don't know what his. Bank account looks like? I'm saying unless the guy actually got cut loose and is no longer associated with the team, I don't think we can use the term let go. Parted ways. I don't even know if parted ways makes sense. Hell, is, he, is he in the same position he was in two days ago? What's the no. difference? What's the difference between senior offensive advisor and uh, if he's getting that if he's getting a pay cut, that's probably the difference. Well, to your point, I am not his accountant. 
Well, well, the point I was going into, which still applies no matter what, is that they're taking all these measures with coaches in regards to, okay, you're not getting vaccinated. Here's your punishment, basically. But there's no punishment to the players. Didn't you just run through a list of whole shit? That no, 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 no. Those aren't punishments. Those are not punishments. They still get to keep their jobs. They don't, they're not getting demoted. So what I'm saying is they're choosing to let... Again, not every team's done this. This is only two coaches who lost their positions. But what All I'm right, saying I'm is there, I gotta, there's no... I gotta. Go ahead. You okay over there? I, I want to let you speak, but I absolutely want to come back to this whole they're not getting demoted piece. Like there is no NFL contracts are not even worth the paper they're fucking printed on. So it's irrelevant. You can NFL contracts aren't worth the fucking money worth the the paper they're actually printed on. Okay. That's the point anyway. So you're talking about, well, they're not punishing the players. If a mother, Jason, if player X was found to have violated team rules, the organization is subject to sanction them however they deem fit. If they wanted to cut them, they would. First of all, we're not talking about team rules here. Number two. We're, what are we we're, talking we're, we're, okay, okay, well, fine then. What, show me the articles to any players let go because they chose not to get vaccinated. Right? And just because it hasn't happened yet doesn't mean it will happen. You're talking about the potential for a player to be cut because they fucked up a squad season. I'm telling oh, you. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about because they messed up a season. I'm talking about as of right now, coaches were lost their positions because they chose not to get vaccinated. Has any player as of right now been cut from their team because they chose not to get vaccinated? Rosters haven't even been finalized, dude. You're putting the cart before the horse. That's why your, your, your statement is false. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, no. Actually, it's not false because if yeah, season has not started, but players are still under contract. Am I correct? Yes, players. Go ahead. Go ahead. Under contract. Say, so, say what again? Players are under contract until their team deems they are no longer under contract because that's how NFL contracts work. That's what I'm saying. So somebody could be let go right now because they chose not to get vaccinated. That's what I'm saying. So why has not not happened? Because there's I'm, what I'm, my point is. You're What's saying the difference here? It hasn't happened yet. That why are we worried about that's going to happen or not? So then, why are they cutting coaches now? You're making it up. No one's been cut yet. You you get the point, bro. You get my point. You get my point. Why are people losing their positions because they're not vaccinated? Why are these coaches losing their spots, but players are not? Because there are plenty of players who haven't been vaxxed yet. So why not? What's the my point is? What's the difference? They're still commingling with each other. So why are these coaches being... I guess it's a question to ask the Vikings and the Patriots since they've gone to the point of removing a coach from their position, quote-unquote, air quote. So what's the difference? So other than financial, when it comes to a player's contract and maybe have to pay them out, whatever on the salary cap, what, other than that, what's the difference? Because there's the same position, they're in the same situation when it comes to their commingling. So, you know, I just find that interesting. I know you're going to say whatever argument you want to make, which I'm going to shoot down after that anyway, but go ahead. I'm good. I, I just find it fascinating that you've effectively um, put the cart before the horse and you've stated that, that you're trying to compare something 
which is, well, one, no one's watching football because of the coaches. We're watching football because of the players. I don't draft fucking assistant coaches. I draft defenses, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. That's my. That's what I'm saying. Why is that the only difference? That shouldn't matter, though. If if the importance is you know safety when it comes to COVID, then what does it matter? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying if you're, if you're uh, the Patriots go cut Cam Newton because he's not vaccinated. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that. Because I get that. They like might Jimmy cut Cam. Say, it's they like Jimmy Johnson used to say back in the day. And also, he's a super spreader. It's like I'm saying, like Jimmy Johnson used to say back in the day, the difference in what players do when it comes to the 52nd man on the roster, if sleeping in, in the meetings, can be he's going to get tossed from the team. But if Emmett Smith's doing it, he's going to wake up Emmett and say, hey, you need to pay attention. There's a big difference. I get that. But what I'm saying is every unvaxxed player in the NFL ain't Cam Newton. They, they ain't the starting quarterback for their team. You know what I'm saying? So, and like I do agree with you, maybe that will happen. But I'm wondering is why the Patriots and Vikings made the decision right now to remove the coaches from from the from the from their position, and not any of the players yet. Simply because they don't have to. Well, exactly. They didn't have to do this with the coaches either, but they did it. So again, I say, what's the difference? Why now? Because those are the rules and regulations for the for the tier one. Personnel. If you Which know those it, what, it, for those types of people within your organization, it seems to be a smart business move that if you have to move those people, if you have to um, adjust for the sake of the success of your organization, seems like a good business strategy to accommodate, does it not? You know, else who else is in tier one? Ooh. Coaches are in tier one. You know who else is in tier one? Ooh. Players. So you spotting all that tier one stuff. Great. But it applies to players too, right? Yes. I mean, perhaps what they're hoping for, Jason, is that all of the restrictions, should you as a player not be vaccinated, perhaps they are simply saying, hey, here's our line in the sand. They're not saying you won't get paid. They're not saying you can't work out. They're not saying you can't play. This is no different than fucking Lollapalooza, man. I mean, they're literally saying you either got to show proof of vaccination or you got to have a negative test within X amount of days before the big fucking show. Great. Good. They didn't say if you didn't get the vaccine, you can't listen to fucking Green Day. What the fuck? Well, I... I, I I look forward to another successful NFL campaign, uh, and I look forward to someone saying or doing something really, really stupid that's going to compromise their team season. It's going to happen. Yep. That concludes the NFL COVID protocol segment. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the sports we love and the racist-ass nicknames and logos that we loathe. Coming up next on Cal Park Bros. Try a better name, Ooh, bitch, your name, me. Caps, caps, caps.
I hope you're having a good time tonight because I'm having a good time tonight. That's because you've been drinking. That too. Um, okay. Terrence is a Tuesday drunk. I'm a day that ends in Y drunk. Cal Park Bros. Jason and I just finished off a great segment about the NFL COVID protocols coming up for this season. In this segment, segment three, we're going to talk about the sports we love and unfortunately the racist ass nicknames and logos that we loathe. Um, This is really a topic of discussion because the Cleveland Indians and Chief Wahoo you really can't talk about one without the other. Um, the Cleveland baseball franchise has opted to uh, shed their rather inappropriate um, name and uh, and uh, caricature of a mascot. Um, on July 23rd, they will now be called the Cleveland Guardians. First off, I'm relieved that even though the Cleveland Indians have been that team since 1915, so well over uh, 105 years, um, that they've decided to pivot to something I think more more acceptable, more socially acceptable. So it's never too late to, to quit being a fucking douchebag. Um, so I think there was going to be a lot of chatter about the name change, no matter what, because you have people, you got a hundred years, literally a racist ass paraphernalia. I mean, that was beside the fact that I'm a Cubs fan. That was another reason that I didn't want Cleveland to win, um, when the Cubs won the world series. So, um, Cleveland will now be known, uh, going forward as a Cleveland guardians. Um, and Jason, when you and I were talking about this, you mentioned that there's some sort of local social significance about the Guardians name. That is correct, Terrence. Uh, being as how I'm not from Cleveland, I was not aware of this. But kind of when the story came up, of course, you're investigating. And basically, the name the Guardians is a reference to something in Cleveland called the Guardians of Traffic, which basically... Is speaking of two structures that are hang over the Hope Memorial Bridge since 1932. And basically the bridge itself was, the engineer of the bridge was called, his name was Wilbur Watson. And the Guardians, according to Wilbur, were to represent the spirit of progress when it comes to transportation. Uh, but that's where the Guardian's name kind of derives from and what it's referring to. Uh, which I, when I saw that today, when I saw a spirit of progress, it made me stop right there and think that that's really kind of a good spirit when it comes to the name progress as in the franchise is, is progressing away from that logo and name that really wasn't that unracist we'll say um, or at least very exploitive of nature and very stereotypical so 
So it's a, it's a good thing for sure. And I will say back in May, the Indians put out a fan poll for for them to perhaps fans actually give some insight or input into what the team's new name should actually be. And what they came up with, the number one choice is actually the Cleveland Spiders, which actually is a reference back to a, one of the many names that used to be known by way back in the day, back in the early 1900s. Uh, that was 27% for that. Then the Rockers were 22.5%. You can imagine why with the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame being in Cleveland. Guardians was three at a 19.8, but the other three options were the Cleveland Baseball Club, the Buckeyes, which, yeah, it's already taken. No. Uh, the other option was the Municipals. Now, of course, people on social media were, of course, complaining, saying that the Indians are just, you know, placating and curtailing to the snowflake culture or cancel culture, giving into the left, all, all the other crap like that saying that the name and the logo look kind of cartoonish, video game-ish, things like that. Um, but the one thing I'll say about the Guardians, and I said this to you yesterday, is that I don't, I'm not aware of any other franchise or team, college or pro, that has the name the Guardians. So when it comes to that, they had the uh, market cornered. I mean, there's other spiders. You know, the Rockers would have been pretty unique and made sense. But even with the Guardians, again, no one else has the Guardians, so they have that that market cornered. And then even we joked around and said they they can even, you know, have a marketing campaign with the Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, something like that. So, um, but all in all, I definitely support the change. And even though I'm not fully Native American, I definitely understand any Native American person who is against the logo, and or the, the use of the name Indians. And the one thing I'll put out there to everybody, as I told somebody on social media when I was commenting on, on their post, is that people who are Native American, they're not Indians. And the main reason is because they're not from India. Those people are Indian. So, so yeah, getting away from that whole calling Native Americans Indians, that's another good thing, you know? Um, I was talking to somebody on social media because they were making a post about you know, before you get offended at the name Indians, you should know the history history about why they're called the Indians. And in one of his comments, he, he was saying something like, hey, I know there's an issue when it comes to the exploitation of actual people. And he said some other diatribe in that comment. And I, I responded back to him and said, well, you really could have just stopped at that first line, exploitation of people. And then that that's the whole point right there is why the name was changed in the first place. Because if it was a team called the Cleveland darkies as you put you know said last week or the cleveland caucasians or the cleveland you know mexicans or something like that maybe people might understand why cleveland indians is a little is a bit of an issue and we'll talk later about other sports franchises and stuff like that but what are your thoughts on the actual name change and logo and them changing it to the guardians in particular okay um, my first thought was you definitely can't go with the Cleveland Rockers, even though I actually have been to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was a pretty good time. Um, but when you said Cleveland Rockers, instead of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I actually thought about John Rocker. And I was like, you can't use that because that guy was racist as hell. Yeah, as a former Braves fan, I thought of that too. I'm like, uh... even though I, I get the name Rockers, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, I agree with you. I first thought of John Rocker. I'm like, uh... No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And as big of a fan as I am, 
of the Drew Carey show, they probably made the right call with the Guardians because they're trying to turn something that frankly was despicable into something honorable. Um, and unfortunately, when you when you you make a quick pivot like this, or not a quick pivot, because this is not a quick process. You know, people have been talking about how heinous it is that they are still selling merchandise with Chief Wahoo on it. So this has not been a quick process. Um, so people have been on on the ass of this franchise for some time, almost as much as uh, the Washington football team. Um, and it's funny you brought up the Braves because a lot of people find the uh, tomahawk chop that, you know, we've heard for years at this point. Um, some people do take issue with that. And I think there's some validity to that because it's like, okay, we're, we're, we're effectively like mimicking someone else's culture. Um, and we're turning everything into a fucking costume. So I can see why some people uh, would feel like, Hey man, you out of pocket for this. This is a step in the right direction. Um, one thing I will bring up is, let's see here. So from 1915 to 2021, that's how long they've had that name. The In, in 2018, and I'm referencing uh, ESPN, by the way, uh, and this is from a an executive director and founder of Illuminative, a group dedicated to fighting misrepresentations of Native Americans. It is a major step towards righting the wrongs committed against Native peoples and is one step toward justice, said Crystal Echo Hawk. Um, the, what was I going to say? Right here. In 2018, the Indians stopped wearing the contentious Chief Wahoo logo on their jerseys and caps. So I feel like once they did that, they were looking for a pivot. They were looking for a way out. But what's wild is they're still selling the shit. You can still buy this shit online. Have you confirmed that, that you can still buy it? You may, you really want me to go to MLB? Well, no, 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 no. You don't have to do that. I'm not trying to call you out. I'm just curious if, if you did. Because I, I find it hard to believe that they stop using it, but they still sell it. Why do you find that hard to believe? Is my because, because what's because what's the point of not using it anymore, but you still sell it? Because you can still make money, Jason. Well, I, 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 I well, okay, I get we, that, but, but, but why stop selling paraphernalia with Redskins? We know how fucking messed up that is to even reference that. Well, that's my whole point, though. That's my whole point. If the reason why you stop using it because you realize how messed up it is, why are you still selling? Because it seemed like this double talk there, in a way, not not from you, but from the from the franchise. We're not going to sell them. We're not going to use it anymore because we know it's messed up. But let's still sell it, make money off of it. That's kind of like defeating the whole point of it. You know, again, I'm not trying to call you out. Just kind of, I found that kind of like. Yeah, I let's try this. I'll do a search real quick. Wahoo. If this motherfucker shows up, I'm going to be furious. Well, while you're looking it up, so I I wonder, though, if it's still being sold by MLB.com. I would almost hope no, but maybe there are other vendors who sell merchandise. They are the ones that sell it. Uh, I, I mean, that's the case. 
I mean, you, I guarantee you, it may not be on Fanatics. It may not be on MLB.com. Um, but there are other, I mean, it's 2021. E-commerce, baby. The eBay's still huge. I'm sure much yeah. like there is a market for people that love all the the uh, regalia of of the slavery era much is the same here that's going to fetch a pretty penny because one it's going to become rarer by default they're not going to produce anymore so it'll be a collector's item yeah wasn't trying to derail your thoughts but i'll go ahead and ask but you may continue no no that was good uh good question good context and also gave me a chance to kind of peruse <laughs> peruse the the site. No, I don't now I'm not seeing that stuff. I think probably in 2018 they proceeded to sell off whatever they had. That's a more likely scenario because yeah, to, your point, to your point that would be kind of two-faced to say, "Hey, we're looking for a way off this really really racist ass name slash logo but also please buy my jersey for ninety dollars yay capitalism hashtag yay capitalism um so yeah good for good for the cleveland franchise um now i won't root against you so much um speaking of the washington football team apparently they're gonna choose a new name sometime in 2022 so I'm hoping that we will kind of eradicate our over-reliance on uh, Native American um, uh, culture in regard to making a mascot out of them. Well, that brings me to another point that we can definitely go into is that obviously the in Excuse me. See, I almost, almost said it. The Guardians, they clearly made their name change, but there's still several other teams, professional and college, that still use Native American you know, mascots. Uh, more locally to both of us, obviously the Chicago Blackhawks, they obviously have that there in their logo, which I we'll definitely want to touch on that for sure. Uh, the Illinois Fighting Illini, you know, also, here locally in the Indianapolis area, our minor league team here that's an affiliate of the, of the Pirates, there are the Indianapolis Indians. And they, of course, whenever the Guardians changed their, you know, talked about changing their name to what, what it is now, of course, that put the focus to any other team out there that had that same moniker, the quote-unquote Indians. And... I found some articles talking about the fans' opinions about the name change. Of course, just like I said on social media, you're going to people that are against it because of history or curtailing to the left, the snowflakes, blah, blah, blah. But of course, other, other people get it. They they definitely get the fact that it's exploitive and people aren't, people aren't mascots. Um, now, supposedly the, the Indianapolis Indians have taught the local Native American organizations about possibly changing the name, have had, have had meetings with them. I haven't seen any announcements that they're going to make any changes, but at least they're open to at least having those discussions at least, and we'll see what happens going forward. Um, now, when it comes to the Blackhawks, uh, before I do that, I also want to point out, obviously, the Kansas City Chiefs, 
the Florida State Seminoles, the Atlanta Braves, as we mentioned before, just some other well-known uh, Native American mascots that are being used. When it comes to the Blackhawks, that is, as far as the actual name, that's supposedly a connection indirectly to an actual Native American person. It's not a derogatory name like, like the former football team's name were, the Washington football team. It's not a derogatory name. It's an actual person. Now, I don't know if they talked to anybody from that tribe to, in regards to how to use the name or not. I don't know. But my issue more with the Blackhawks is their logo. You know, the stereotypical logo of a male, they put off as a stereotypical male Native American person with the Native American headdress with the feathers and things like that. So that's my more issue there. I kind of put that in the similar category as Chief Wahoo, maybe not as ridiculous, but still in the same vein to where they're basically using that stereotypical face and look to be their logo for the franchise. And from all accounts I've seen on, on, on articles, they have no desire of changing either the name or the logo. They're holding fast that, hey, this is a name to honor this particular tribal chief, war hero, you know, Black Hawk, which, you know, again, I don't know if they talked to anybody about using that, but what I was going to say is I think using tribal names and getting permission to use them, I think that could be okay. Like, for example, the Central Michigan Chippewas, the college team. I didn't know they were called the Chippewas until this is something we we're going to talk about. But apparently, the Central Michigan University, they actually work with the local Chippewas in their community in regards to how they use the name Chippewas. So they're actually getting permission to use that actual tribal name. And their their logos is nothing derogatory. It's just the M or the Chippewa name, and that's it. Nothing derogatory, nothing stereotypical, nothing exploit, you know, exploiting anybody, at least not without permission, because they're giving you permission to use it. So I think that's a huge difference when it comes to, you know, the former football team's name, the Cleveland baseball team's former name, stuff like that. That's a huge difference. And that's what I think people need to recognize and look into. When it comes to the Braves and the Tomahawk Chop, I, I don't think they actually do that anymore. I I do remember seeing an article that they said they're going to stop doing that. But same thing, like you said, when it comes to the Blackhawks, they don't seem to have an interest in changing the, the name of their team. I don't think their logo, the Tom, well, well, I guess it depends how you look at it. Their, their Tomahawk logo, you might have to change that. I don't know. But, yeah, that's my thoughts on kind of that aspect of it. But yeah, there are definitely other teams under fire that maybe need to start looking at things if they haven't yet. But some teams aren't going to change it. Like, unfortunately, the Blackhawks don't seem like they're going to. So, yeah, I, I mean, I do own some Blackhawks paraphernalia. I'm not going to lie. I definitely had not considered um, the logo to be anywhere near the in the in the vein of offensiveness. And I'm not trying to get into the offensiveness Olympics. I'm simply saying that like Chief Wahoo was like a World War II um, cartoon. Like that's how out of pocket and offensive that was. And they were still selling this shit in 2018. And honestly, had it not been for many people 
uh, Native American tribes. Media journalists like Bomani Jones. What's up, Bo? Um, who wore the shirt, the Caucasians. Had it not been for certain guardians applying pressure, pressure bus pipes, had it not had that not happened, I think the status quo would have continued. And I think that's the lesson here is that yes, Cleveland should get some props for finally pivoting. But we should not be forgetting so quickly um, because 100 years is a long time. And uh, yeah, I mean, I know that there has also been. I mean, that these these caricatures are so baked into our culture. When people call us out for them, we feel like we're being called out. And frankly, on some level, we are. So we have to ask ourselves, why do we need to have these things in our culture? Well, to answer the question, nobody needs them in their in their in their culture. But people like 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 we said twice now before on the show, people cannot let go of the, of the things they are used to that they, you know, have a connection to, or even if they don't. Because because even if you're not a Blackhawks fan, if the Blackhawks ever decide to put out there that they're looking to change their logo name, you're going to have everybody across the country who is, you know, is a hockey fan probably saying, oh, they're just, like I said before, they're just, you know, curtailing to the left, the snowflakes, cancel culture, blah, 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 without even thinking about the fact that maybe these logos and names should be done with. Because like I said before, a quote that I, I was reading, people aren't mascots, which, you know, like I said before, Replace like like I said with Bomani Jones, replacing with a t-shirt saying the Caucasians, Re replace the Native Americans with any other race or ethnic ethnic group, would that still fly in today's society? So why is it okay for us to do this to Native Americans? You know, like I said, with the Chippewas with Central Michigan, they're working with them to, to use it. So that's probably a little more okay. But yeah, and I agree with you. The Blackhawks logo with the, the face of the gentleman, yeah. Huge difference between that and Chief Wahoo when it comes to, you know, stereotypical BS. When it comes, like I said, it's a cartoon from World World, World War II. But still, you got to admit, even though it's on different levels, there is still something about using a face of an actual person as your logo. I mean, yeah, we're not calling them Redskins, excuse me. But still. Should we be using the face, what in some regards also is a stereotypical face of a certain ethnic group? I mean, if we replaced, like I said, Price's logo with, you know, what uh, what people would think a stereotypical black person would look like, would that be okay? No. Or any other stereotypical white guy, a stereotypical Mexican, a stereotypical Chinese person. Now, again, like I said, not the same as Chief Wahoo. But still, are people mascots in any way whatsoever? I'm sure most people would say no. If that's the case, then why is this logo still okay? Yeah, I think in some weird ways, 
when you look at if the organization has made peace with, okay, we're going to make some changes to branding. Um, some of these things are no longer okay. And for what it's worth, I don't think the Blackhawks are going to pivot anytime soon. I think that the logo is just mild enough that they'll skirt by um, and they won't, frankly, they won't be anywhere near that type of pressure that was on Cleveland or Washington. That's how uh, horrible um, that the nickname and the logo happen to be for those franchises. So, but yeah, often it's the response to even evaluating if a change is needed. Sometimes the response, the reflexive response from fans can be rather telling. And sometimes it's a lot bigger than just that sport. It's about um, society as a whole. True, but the Blackhawks even have other logos they can use already on their books besides that. I mean, I, I've i seen a pretty cool one here that actually has like an actual hawk, like with a, like a black hawk as a logo. It looks pretty freaking cool. You can probably Google, Google it and look it up. Or they have their, their, their C that they use, which they might have to change the tomahawks on there, but still, they can incorporate something like that. So they have other stuff on their books that they can use. So it wouldn't be totally out of the realm of like changing all their stuff up. You're not changing the name. It's the logo. And again, anybody that says they have a problem changing the logo, again, I challenge you with what I just said before. Place to face with anything stereotypical of any other race or nationality. And if you have, if you have a problem with that, then you should also have a problem with this. Consistency in your ethics. I mean, I know we're all hypocrites when it comes to some things. I get that. Every human is. I get that. Me, I'm not oblivious to that. I'm sure I'm hypocritical about something, as are you. But I'm calling out people right now who's listening to this. If you have a problem with changing the logo to anything else, any other stereotypical race, black, Mexican, Asian, Chinese, whatever, if you have a problem with that, then you should have a problem with this. End of story. Jason, did you know that the Chicago Blackhawks in 1986 changed the name? It was actually two words, Blackhawks, and then in 86, they changed it to Blackhawks. One word. And the significance of that is what? No, I'm just sharing that little bit of nuance since we've been going in about our um, closest hockey team for a little bit. Well, I did not recall that. It sounds vaguely familiar, but I did not know that off the top of the, of the dome. So, no. Yeah. So, yeah. I suspect that you, you never want to be the most offensive because they're going to be coming for you. But I suspect there will be some sort of fatigue. And, yeah, I don't think... I don't think the 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 amount of pressure that the Washington football team or the Cleveland Guardians were facing, and that's what I intend on calling them going forward, uh, is anywhere near the level of of scrutiny compared to the Chicago Blackhawks. So 
yeah, we'll we'll have to keep an eye out on this because yeah, I think as these teams evolve, I mean, the Washington football team, they haven't even decided on a name. And they just said, you know what, we're gonna be WFT or WTF until further notice. They will forever be WTF. Yep. Well, that concludes our segment on really racist sport uh, mascots and logos. Um, Coming up next, we'll wrap up the show on episode 15 on Cal Park Rose. Thank you for listening to the Cal Park Bros podcast with your hosts, Terrence and Jason. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. Five stars are appreciated, ladies and gents. You can always send the show feedback or show topics at calparkbros at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at our anchor home base. Who knows? Your message could end up on a future episode of this podcast. Jason, you got any final thoughts? Hey, man, this is a really good episode. Uh, I was kind of, when we went over the topics that we're going to go over, I was kind of surprised that we're going to hit on three topics that are somewhat related to sports because in the episode 14, we didn't talk about any. So definitely kind of a good little reverse there. Um, But definitely good topics, uh, definitely ones we want to talk about, probably ones we can maybe follow up on later down the road as well. So hopefully you all got to enjoy that. Definitely send us your feedback. Uh, your feedback is important. We've been making moves behind the scene on the show to make it better. Some of those you've probably seen now out there as well. So again, that's all from your feedback. We do look at it all, no matter what it is, whether we use it or not. You always appreciate that. So keep that all coming to calpartbros at gmail.com. Um, so yeah, but uh, definitely connect with us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube as well. Uh, definitely check out the YouTube. We're making that big, putting out shorts out there so you guys can give you a little bit of tease of that. And you guys are definitely liking that as well. So we always appreciate that. Uh, definitely like Terrence said, send us a voice message that we can play on the show. You've heard examples of it. Go to our anchor home base. There's a link there where you can do that. We appreciate that as well. Um, but also when it comes to social media, you know what to do. Click on us, follow us, share us, all stuff like that. That's not the line yet. I'm getting there. But, but in all seriousness, we appreciate everybody for listening to the show. Even if it's just one episode, but we know not listening to one episode, we can see you watching, listening to more than just one. Make sure you do the same for us on on YouTube as well. We always appreciate that because, again, you can watch us now and listen to us. You can be creepy little stalkers of us. So we appreciate that. We want that. We want you to be stalkers of the Calpart Bros. Hashtag that. CPB stalkers. There you go. Yeah. But but I'll go ahead and end it there real quick. But, of course, I got to throw the line out there. When it comes to everything Calpart Bros, make sure you like us, love us, share us, and follow us. Because if you like us, why wouldn't you? Amen to that, Jason. Yeah, man. Uh, now that your boy's got a ring light, we're going to be getting this YouTube uh, videos popping. So um, I'm looking forward to another great week of content, especially as we have our first like two-parter segment. It's the first time we've actually done something and carried like a theme over from one episode to the next. So uh, uh, yeah. Your partners at the Cow Park Bros podcast, we are we're going into to the next level of our content development, and you're going to see a more finished product 
And it's all because of you, the fans. So with that said, thank you again. This is episode 15. And this is Cal Park Bros signing off. Peace out, y'all. Like us, love us, share us, follow us. And if you like us, why wouldn't you?